Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you banging your head against a wall? I suppose, yes, at certain time and on certain days you are, as I am. Strangely enough, as we move to our gospel lesson today in interviews with modern-day shepherds in villages still functioning in the Middle East, we are told that when new sheep are introduced to herds, they will literally bang their heads on the walls of the sheepfolds until they learn the voice of their shepherd. Jesus is teaching his disciples with images they are familiar with, but they cannot now see the spiritual meaning behind Jesus's words. Well, these familiar images for the disciples would include a village communal sheepfold that would have five-foot walls where different families would all keep their sheep together at night. There is a gatekeeper, a relative of some of the families who was trusted, and this gatekeeper knows all of the village shepherds. Early in the morning, the gatekeeper allows the shepherds to begin to call out the sheep of their particular flock and lead them to pasture and water. Only the sheep who have learned to respond to the voice of their shepherd will leave the sheepfold. The second image Jesus uses is a crude sheepfold made with numerous rocks to be found away out in the pasture, away from the villages. And uh, this uh, would be a sheepfold used during the right season and at night where the sheep would be protected by, uh, from animals and bandits protected by the shepherd. There would be a narrow opening in the sheepfold that was occupied by night by the shepherd. The shepherd would literally be the gate or the door of the sheepfold. And this is why Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Peter Marty has written eloquently about these ideas for us. He says, the idea of Jesus being the access door to a new world of living and being is something that people in different forms of bondage tend to appreciate most easily. He cites Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who in his opposition to Hitler and the Nazi regime was uh, put into prison. And Bonhoeffer noted that he had an advantage of celebrating Easter from a prison cell. He says, you become entirely aware that the door is the only way out. More than that, the door of a cell can be opened only from the outside. When Jesus speaks of saving those who pass through the door, he has a rescue in mind. Those who find that door are saved not only from the pernicious activity of phony shepherds, 
on the outside, aggressively seeking their soul, they're also saved from a potentially much worse enemy on the inside themselves. Well, we have trouble with this offer of life that is given to us by our good shepherd. We have trouble with being followers of the voice of the shepherd. If we're honest, we have to ask ourselves questions such as, do I believe, do I really believe that God is good? Do I belong to the good shepherd or am I ultimately a free agent? Am I following the good shepherd or am I doing my own thing ultimately? Other questions arise for those who are brave enough to engage them. Where am I seeking life? Where am I finding life? John Pilch, who studies the sociology of these ancient cultures, says to find pasture is to find life itself. Sheep who seek pasture through Jesus find life and find life in abundance. Well, let's continue to look at why we have trouble with the abundant life that's being offered here and now in our daily lives. We don't trust God. We don't trust that God can be trusted with our real daily life. We really don't know what it means to follow and to trust and to learn. We've never had it modeled for us. We are confused about life itself and the meaning of life. What is life? Well, the shepherd of our souls calls and will lead us, will lead us into this abundant life if we will learn to hear his voice and to follow him. But we will admit, tongue-in-cheek, that this is hard, hard for employed, vested, well-educated, competent, and strong-willed sheep. It's very hard. Major Ian Thomas has written about this abundant life, and he reminds us that life, this eternal life, is actually synonymous with Jesus himself. The Apostle John, who wrote our gospel that we're working from today, said this in his epistle, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Jesus Christ and eternal life are synonymous terms. Eternal life is none other than Jesus Christ himself, who is the gate, the way, the truth, and the life. And so it's not a destination that we arrive at after we die. Eternal life is a life that is present and active now because Jesus himself, risen from the dead, is alive and present and active now. So the true spiritual content of the gospel, he says, is not just heaven one day, but Christ here and now. In the economy of God, conversion is only an essential preliminary to discipleship which is a lifelong allowing of Christ to live in you and to do his work through you. It's only in that way that we learn to obey and to hear and to know the voice 
of the shepherd of our souls. I can see that many of you in these times of social distancing and staying at home are taking new steps, next steps. You're taking next steps even online as we provide ministry to you. Next steps of following the Good Shepherd. Because our daily routines have been shaken up and brought into chaos, many of us have found time to do things that we normally don't find time to do, like going deeper, deeper into prayer to commune with the beautiful shepherd by still waters, by going deeper into Bible study to hear the voice of the shepherd speak to you, by going deeper with the good shepherd Jesus into the murky waters of your own heart and inviting him into your inner world, trusting Jesus with what you find in your heart. Trusting Jesus with what I find in my own heart, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I see many of you going deeper into service and mercy, especially now when so many lives are at risk and that lives of people looking for food because they have lost their livelihood. I took great joy and pleasure in seeing many of you on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as you came to bring food for the Fairhaven Food Pantry and their drive-through food distribution. We're going to do this again on Monday and Tuesday, and I look forward to seeing you then. But I know that many of you are going deeper because you want to learn to listen and to know the voice of the great shepherd of your soul. I want to end with a reference to Keith Miller, Uh, an author, spiritual companion, and a profound voice of spirituality in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. One of his last books was The Secret Life of the Soul. And Keith Miller was someone who just bared his soul to people in his books, and it was wonderful and amazing. In the chapter said, Listening to really hear God. He says, after I started putting people in God's hands, I turned my prayers toward trying to find God's will for my life. In a truth-telling meeting, I heard a man say that in order to learn God's will, he had to begin to listen for God with the purpose of getting concrete direction from God about how to live. So he began taking about 10 minutes to listen to the voice of God and journaling what he heard. He said, so I closed my eyes and prayed that God would please help me quiet my nervous motor mouth mind so that I could hear his voice among all those to which I had been listening all my compulsive life. I saw at once how very different listening was going to be for my previous approach to prayer, which had been more like calling God on my one-way Rolodex guided prayer phone and telling him what he should do for me and all the other people I wanted him to fix. Sound familiar? Guess what the first thing that he heard when he was listening? The very first thing he heard, believe it or not, was, get your car washed. He took that to his spiritual director and the director said, well, 
keep listening. You may need to tune in to God a little bit more, but write that down and write everything down. Everything that you hear. Keith Miller became accustomed to hearing to the voice of God. And he received direct uh, communications about all sorts of things, writing and doing a play and music and his vocational life. Also, he received nudges to call people out of the blue to check on them. And often those people were in trouble or they were sick. He says, my soul is teaching me that for me, love is experienced through reaching out to people in prayer and walking with them in the pain of the ordinary of life. These are just a few of the many ways of looking at prayer and living that have come to me so far now that I am uh, in a childlike executive fashion in the new administration of the secret life of my soul. Just uh, continuing with Keith Miller, he says, I thought about the 20 years since I had sat in front of the huge bronze statue of Jesus not many miles north from where I now stood, which was in the South Texas hill country. He says, I started this wild spiritual adventure of searching for my soul by facing my pain and denial and being introduced to my lonely, self-defeating, constructed personality, I felt a gentle wave of gratitude flowing through my life with the soft wisp of a breeze that brushed my face. On this occasion, as he reflected on this adventure with Jesus, his good shepherd, and listening to his voice, he was uh, in the country with his family, his daughter came up and said, Dad, what's happened to you? And he says, well, what do you mean? Well, you've looked like you are at peace this whole time that we've been here. She said the words carefully, he said, so I would know that she was serious. I thought about how tense I'd always been with my family, making sure I could defend the tall, constructed, white knight personality. Then I turned and looked at her directly and smiled because I have been at peace, I said quietly. Under my breath, I said, thank God. I heard a small, young-sounding voice inside of me saying, my gosh, maybe we're going to grow up after all. He had learned to listen to the voice of the good shepherd, the one who loves his soul, the one who has brought life to Keith Miller and to you and to me and wants to enter into an abundant life with us as we will participate and grow and listen and enter into this life with him. And so I say to you, let's listen and learn together and walk into this new abundant life. Amen.